Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Heather McDonald has got the juicest scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales, her real-life mister segment, serial data, and serial sister. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real-life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Woo-woo. Heather McDonald, Juicy Scoop. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. Well, you guys, last night I did watch most of the Wendy Williams four-part documentary. Um, It is really sad, but it's, let me just tell you about it. Because now I can say that in it, the family is featured. And the family is basically saying, the family includes her son and her niece and nephew, who all seem really lovely. We also see her dad. Her mom has since passed. Her brother. She has a great family that's very supportive of her. And when she was going through these issues where she was like, Wells Fargo took my money, it's my understanding that Wells Fargo thought there was something going on, too much money was coming out of her account too quickly, and they said, we think we need to protect her. So she's in Miami having fun with her family and everything. And that is when a judge came in and said, you need to have a guardian, Wendy Williams, other than your family. So as we're watching this documentary happen, which I guess she agreed to do when she agreed to do the first documentary that took place a couple years ago. But since then, we see her and, you know, physically her health is not good, but also she's very erratic and mean to people like she's getting her nails done and all of a sudden she's really nice to the nail lady and then she's like what are you stupid I told you only to do one layer one coat and the girl's like no and you know she'll not remember people's names and things and so a lot of people watching it it's very triggering if they have someone who has dementia or Alzheimer's in their life 
where their personality switched from being nice to mean to pulling things out of the air that don't exist. And we see it. And we see this girl come into her life who is the PR person who her niece is very weary of. It's very, that all of it is very, very juicy. It's very sad to me being that I know Wendy Williams. I've worked on Wendy Williams' show that if I was ever to be going through this medical issue and diagnosis, because now they said she does have early dementia brought on by her alcohol abuse, uh, most likely, I wouldn't want this to be airing. I wouldn't want people to see me struggling. I wouldn't want people to see me being rude on camera to people when that wasn't Wendy before. And like I said, I understand this deal was sold. She agreed to let these people come in. But that's where I'm like, well, where does this guardianship who's not her family allowing this, this to happen? And then she doesn't get to see her family as much because the family is in Miami. And the judge says she has to stay in New York because that is where the court appointed guardian is. And then she'll get someone into her life who's like, let's sell your apartment. It's just crazy. And then they go on this one meeting, which is so sad, where she's like, we're going to go see NBC. Oh, that's good. They're going to want to have me on. They were going to want to. And it reminds me of this, this old movie called Sunset Boulevard, where this movie star thinks that they're calling her again from Hollywood and they say, come to the studio. And she's like, oh, they're going to want me back. They're going to want me back in Hollywood. And all they wanted was her old car to use for a film. They were like, oh, we know that, you know, this actress has this old car. And it's a great classic movie, but it, it you're watching it documentary style. And you know that when these executives meet with Wendy Williams in this meeting, which they don't film, you know they're going to realize, wow, she is definitely not capable of handling any kind of real TV show. This is not who we're going to put our money in. They get into, you know, a little bit what happened with Wendy Williams' show ending. However, no one's speaking on that. But um, DJ Booth, who was part of the staff show, he does say that the staff did not know things were that bad when they were giving her all these stints of where she would take time off. That's when I was like um, part of the rotating guests and panels and things. It was always that they were hoping that that she would come back. They were always speaking so highly of her. And I don't think anyone knew that her drinking was that bad and that that was in fact causing the forgetfulness and the change of personality. So I just hope now that we know this, where is Wendy Williams? Now we know where she is. I hope that these family members that were featured can really just gather around her, get her the best help that she needs. And hopefully she gets, you know, improves. And if she doesn't, that she is able to lead a private life at this point. That's what I really hope because it's really, really sad. Um, Also, my God, there is a lawsuit, another P. Diddy lawsuit. Former male employee who was a producer and videographer is alleging that he was sexually assaulted numerous times, numerous occasions by P. Diddy, by people that P. Diddy introduced him to, by situations that this person was put into. He's suing for $30 million. And um, already there are discrepancies in his lawsuits coming forth. He said that there was a guy named um, Stevie J who... It, w- it was ha- like having seen having sex with another man and, and P. Diddy forced him to watch that. 
And TMZ just reported that a gay porn star is saying that's not that was me. That wasn't Stevie J. I don't know. It's real messy. There's lots and lots of things. And it's another lawsuit, this time by a male employee against P. Diddy. And of course, uh, P. Diddy's attorney is saying this is just someone looking uh, for an undeserved payday. So he's got his work cut out for him. Jennifer Lopez, I talked about the movie. Um, This is me. And she said there were a bunch of cameos that she asked people to that couldn't do it. And some of the people that turned her down were Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Jason Momoa, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, God. I said, hey, J-Lo, I'm sorry I can't make it. Oh, I'd so much like to do a little funny sketch with you. Um, Lizzo, Vanessa Hudgenson, and Snoop Dogg all passed because they were unavailable. So I thought that was interesting. Tom Sandoval. Oh, my God. The fight for this Valley Village home with Ariana is never ending. Now he is saying, I did a loan. I gave, there was a loan that he gave to Ariana for $90,000. And he wants to get that money back before he does any kind of selling of this house. Apparently now the house is worth like $3 million. They bought it for a little over two. And we don't know why she, if this is true or why she's holding up. But that they're going back and forth with their thing from Vanderpump Rules. I hope everybody watched me on CMZ last night. You can watch it again on Hulu. Um, we do the whole story of Taylor and Travis and how they met. And I give, you know, my juicy scoop wisdom as always. But recently, just just now, the dad got involved. Scott Swift is being accused of assaulting an Australian photographer while celebrating the end of his daughter's um, era's tour. So... This photographer, who's 51, whose last name is McDonald, no relation, I guess came too close to her. He physically pushed him away. Now the guy's coming after him. But uh, in 2005, Nicole Kidman got a restraining order against him. So mm, I don't think so. But I kind of love that the dad was working and like protecting her. Oh, my gosh. 90 Day Fiance. I know I have not talked about it in a long time, but you know one of the original couples was... Angela and Michael, Michael, Angela, Michael, Michael went missing in America and they didn't know what happened. Well, according to Reality Blurb, they, he has been found after being reportedly missing by Angela for two months after he moved to America from Nigeria. So I was reading the comments. A lot of people think that he's going to come forward and try to say that she was abusive or something because then he can still get his green card and get everything he needs and get the hell away from her. It's no surprise that this couple isn't, you know, you know, happily in love, but they were one of the original 90 day fiance people. And I found it to be kind of funny. Um, Sister wives, Mary shed that boyfriend for four months. No longer. They're broken up. So Kim Kardashian's getting some heat because as you know, she's trying to be a lawyer still, I guess. And she posted the wrong man. She posted just a normal guy living in New York saying, uh, everyone needs to gather around and get this guy out of jail. You know, he's innocent. But this guy was not in jail at all. She posted the wrong name, the wrong photo. So I don't know who's working for her, but maybe, you know, she has to actually hire like a real law clerk to help her with her social media that involves lawyer things. Maybe she can't just get, whoever did this needs to go back and refold the G-string beige skim underwear instead 
of doing this because she screwed up. All right. The latest in the Brandy Glanville saga of Real Housewives of Bravo, Real Housewives of everything, involving Andy Cohen. She has Mark Garagos as a top-notch attorney who at one time represented Scott Peterson. Yes. Anyway, he has representing her saying that she was, in fact, sexually harassed by Andy Cohen on an occasion where they did a FaceTime call and he was talking about having sex with Bravo celebrities and he called her. He immediately did a post saying... Um, this was a joking thing I did with Brandy Glanville. I was with Kate Chastain, also a Bravo celebrity. However, totally inappropriate. I apologize. She then has come out and said, I still have not received any apology from you. You doing a post is not an apology to me. Now, as we know, Brandy Glanville is named in a lawsuit of Caroline Manzo against Bravo. She's not suing Brandy. She's saying that Bravo and Bravo producers have allowed Brandy to act in this behavior, keeping her on shows for years and years and years when she's behaved bad, grabbed at people, acted inebriated. They've allowed it to happen. They've encouraged it to happen. And therefore, they are responsible for Caroline Manzo being a victim of sexual assault. Meanwhile, in the Caroline Manzo world, her brother-in-law, who was married to her actual biological sister, Dina, they got divorced. And then Dina and her new husband were attacked in Dina's home. They believe that Dina's ex-husband, who was also brother-in-law to Caroline Manzo, so get it, the two sisters married two brothers, was responsible for hiring the man that came in and physically attacked Dina Manzo and her new husband. This caused a lot of problems with uh, people in this world because they were writing letters defending Dina Manzo's ex-husband. Anyway, the judge has dismissed the case. So Caroline Manzo's brother-in-law, Dino Manzo's ex-husband, will no longer be facing um, any kind of trial or anything where they thought that he set up the plant for these people to be attacked. So that was a big win for the Manzo family, not for Dina. Um, but that's, that's lots of drama there in the juicy world. Also, Brielle got engaged. Yes, Brielle is engaged. That is... Um, Kim Zolciak's daughter and Troy's stepdaughter. She is engaged at 24 years old to a very cute looking guy. All right, everybody go to heathermcdonald.net. You're going to join my Patreon, but also that is where all my dates are. And I have new dates coming out and I can't announce it yet, but there'll be a new date in Florida coming in March. So you're going to want to go to that in April. All of the dates are there at heathermcdonald.net along with joining my juicy Patreon every Friday and so much more. All right, and now for a super juicy interview. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. I'm very excited because I have been wondering what your life has been like <laughs> for the last few months. I am with newest Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Anna Marie Wiley. Thank you for having me. I, <laughs> I have been talking about it because, you know, being a big fan of Housewives and also knowing how it works, seeing how it's changed over the years with social media and how you... You know, if you were on this show as a new member, season two of OC, mm -hmm. and you would never know how all these very vocal fans feel about you as each episode airs. That is very correct. Um, I will definitely say one of the most challenging things to navigate has been social media, because prior to this, I was a very private person. 
you are married. You're a mom of three. So I have four children. So I have a stepdaughter that's 24. My son is eight. And then I have two girls that are five and almost four. Okay, um, great. So very, very busy. Our right. house is like, yeah. you know, constant chaos. Um, I also work part time. I'm a nurse anesthesiologist and I'm married. Um, my husband and I will be married for 10 years this year. Um, and he is a former NFL player and current broadcaster. Um, so that's why, you know, I'm used to being around all the things. Some Media and all that, Ex- him being famous, and people yes. approaching him at restaurants and things like that. Yes, exactly. How did you guys meet again? We met at a birthday party, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, with like it was one of his um, former teammates, and it was at a club in Hollywood. And I went with a mutual friend, and we hit it off that night, and we were literally inseparable. Like we were engaged within nine months. Everything happened like very fast. And I um, was a resident at the time. So we waited until I was done school. And then we got married right away after and then got pregnant with our first child three months later. All right, let's talk traitors. I mean, Phaedra, I don't know if she's going to be nominated for an Emmy, but she should. She is the OG traitor. She's the only one left, but she brings on Kate. And Kate had played the previous season, so she's funny and she's dry, and the two of them together, they decide to kill Kevin because they feel like he's won't, by killing him, it's not too suspicious. It's not like killing Peter, Peter the pilot, but he is one of the people that Peter has kind of formed an alliance with. So they want to break up that alliance. So they come to breakfast and they all have to act surprised. Oh, oh, poor Kevin, he's gone. So everyone's kind of looking around and Peter's like, he's kind of feeling like, oh, shit, you know, things are not going great for me. So they go out to do their next channel challenge, which is they have these like little stained glass windows with all their names and they have to do like a bow and arrow kind of a shooting thing. And it's really hard, even for like athletic people. It's like, are you are you good at this or not? So they're trying to hit each other's um, squares with their names on it and whoever's the last one standing gets the shield and cannot be kicked out at the round table. So they're doing all that. And Phaedra is going on and she's like, I'm going to pick this person because I don't think they need the shield. And then she says, oh, wait, I realize if you just go up or like to the right or to the left, it's really easy after someone failed to go through to like learn, okay, now I know exactly if I just turn a little to the left, I'm going to be able to hit this one. Well, after she does that and they realize that's a pattern that works, she goes out of her way and goes like down and around to kill, to break um, the glass of Trishel. So then they're like, wait a minute. That makes us think Phaedra is a traitor again. Because why? She wasn't just doing it to like get the most. She's doing a strategic thing to make sure that Trishel doesn't have the shield because maybe she wants to get rid of Trishel because Trishel's a really good player and part of the Peter plan. So they get back, and again, they, Peter is like, I know it's Phaedra. I know it's Phaedra. No one's really suspecting Kate at all. And Phaedra knows that. So she's like, I'm telling you guys, I think it's Peter. I think Peter is the one. And she's trying to put it out there. And people are like, hmm, maybe, maybe he is. That is weird. They do think this other girl, Sandra, might be. Um, a traitor as well, but it doesn't happen much. So they get around the ra- round table and John, who's the English guy from Parliament, he goes straight in for Phaedra. And he's like, I think it's you for all these reasons. And he just lays it out on the line. And she's like, mm, 
Mm, really? Mm, you think so? And she comes back, and that is where I'm like, she is so great. And then she turns around and she's like, I think it's Peter. I think it's Peter because he has always having these secret meetings with everybody. And, you know, he is telling people not to enter a room and have private conversations. And he's like, well, that's what we're supposed to do when you're playing the game. She's like, yeah, when you're playing the game and you're a traitor. So he is like, look, I have all the evidence of why I'm not a traitor. But she has convinced her group of people enough. And, oh, and there is this moment where they're like, um, do we really have a Bravo alliance? And MJ's like, look, my eyes are open. I'm, I don't have a Bravo alliance with Fader and anything. Comes down to four people for, I think it's half and half. And the deciding vote, half are for Phaedra, half are for Peter to kick that person out who they, they think they're both the traitors. And it comes down to MJ from Shaws of Sunset. She is to give the final vote. And that is where we leave off. So get into it. Watch on Peacock. New episodes drop every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So you live this mom life uh, as well as being, you know, a nurse. Mm -hmm. Now, is I, they, everyone says I'm saying it wrong. Aren't you a nurse of anesthesiology or no what yes, is the so, proper name of it so let's let me explain because okay, this is okay. where it gets so and rightfully so it's 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 complicated for people right because okay. if you have never heard of us before and the title has actually recently changed okay. as of three years ago so i graduated from um, anesthesia in 2013 and i have a master's degree and our title at that time was nurse anesthetist our professional association the american association of nurse anesthesiology in 2020 changed our professional title from nurse anesthetist to nurse anesthesiologist. Oh, okay. Yes. So you have physician anesthesiologists that are MDs that practice anesthesia, and you have nurse anesthesiologists that are RNs that practice anesthesia. Now, can you put someone completely under general as well as a nurse? That is what I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I am an I am a and registered you do your nurse. Private practice, like for plastic surgery, or at ER centers, or wherever we practice everywhere. Oh, okay. everywhere and anywhere that anesthesia is needed, that is where we practice. We okay. do general, um, monitored anesthesia care, regional anesthesia, and have OB you, anesthesia. Have you always worked at least part time in your profession while being a mom? Yeah. So I used to work at a very large major hospital in Los Angeles um, before we started having kids, and then. And once we had our first, you know, I just 
I wanted to make sure that I had that work-life balance that I really craved and that I was really able to be there for my family. Um, so then I started working at surgery centers and working for myself. And so that's why I'm able to work part-time now and and be a mom and be there for my husband and okay, so there to run my household. So you're having your busy life, your yes. mom life, your wifey life, your nurse yes. life. Yes. How, what was your relationship with Housewives? Were you someone who watched it? Did you enjoy it? What was your relationship before you were approached? So let me say this. I don't watch TV. Like I do not watch, I haven't watched TV in, in years. Like I just, I just don't have time. Like I'm, I'm a very, very busy person. I have such a crazy life. I go to bed at like eight o'clock because okay. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to work out. So I do not watch TV. Um, but I used to watch it, I want to say the first maybe like six seasons or so. So of like Beverly Hills. Yes. Uh -huh. So like this is before I married, before I had kids and everything, I used to watch it. But then, you know, I haven't watched it in however many years that is now. Um, and then, so when we moved into our current house about two and a half years and ago. And that house is um, in an area of the valley, which is uh, Encino, very, very nice, Correct. but very close to where Dorit and and Kyle live. So it makes sense yes. that, you know, that you guys could be friendly. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so go on. Yeah. So we move into our house and um, we bought our home through the agency, Mauricio's. Oh, yeah, okay. Mauricio's um, company. So... And then a few months later, they had, I guess, like a VIP party at their house. For, for like their best clients or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So as we're looking and, you know, we're running around town doing the holiday party gamut and we look at the invitation and we're like, oh, that's on our street. We're like, yeah, let's go pop in. So we went and they thought my husband was hilarious because he is. He's such a character. And so, you know, we just like kind of all hit it off. And then and then that was it. Because this is nothing that had ever been on my radar. Like I said, I was very happy being a private person. And, um, you know, and also like we have a lot of like famous friends and things like mm -hmm. that. And it, it was just never something that I really saw for myself. My husband, he's like, you know what? Why not? He's like, it's something for you. He's been telling me for years. He's like, you're such like a multi-dimensional person. Like you're, you're a multi-hyphenate. You do so many things. He's like, you should do a blog, a podcast, something. And so he's like, you know what? Go have fun. Go do this. It's something for you. You can use the platform to do what you want to do with it, which is ultimately to inspire people. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Why not? And I'm, you know, I'm kind of just in a point in my life. Like I'm 41. I'm like, say yes. You know okay. what I mean? Like try new things. So you meet them. Mm -hmm. And what's the initial meeting? Do they come to your house or is it over the phone or what? I mean, Alex called me. I talked to him for a while. And then casting called me immediately right after that. I, I've heard it's a really extensive process, like eight months and tons well, of women. That, I think and... every season is kind of different. Yeah. You know, it, they always would rather have something that makes sense. And I think if they find it, like any casting, yeah. like when I used to audition for things, I'd always feel like they were against me. And I'm like, no, they it, they want their job to end. Like They, they want, want it to be end. simple. They want it to be simple. So if they yeah. find someone and they must have thought it, that it would be a good natural mm -hmm. fit. And I know that they I, it makes sense that they want people younger, yeah. with younger with, kids. And with families. Because and, as yeah. time goes on, you want, you know, when you think about when Kyle started, um, Portia was like in a crib. Right. And now she's 16. Yeah. So like you, all the housewives when they started back were early 40s. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that's kind of a good age because if someone wants to do it for a long time, we can really like see them grow. You want to see and, that growth, exactly. Yeah. And so, okay, so you meet you meet everybody and, and like what's your initial thought? Was it weird to have cameras? Was it weird not to look at the camera and 
and because some people say right away you ignore the cameras my kid didn't notice the cameras all of that no I mean I, I wouldn't say it was weird and for a couple of reasons like number one I'm a people person like I love people that's just me. I feel like I can honestly be friends with anybody. There are a few exceptions, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into. But I can I can get along with anybody. I, I just love people. And again, because I'm so used to being around those things, you know, like, I, you know, going to the studio with my husband or going into onto set with friends or whatever it is. I, I'm just so it wasn't. It wasn't weird except for that it was now about me. But I was, you know, I wasn't worried about the cameras being there. You know, they're kind of off in the distance anyway. And I was really just interested in getting to know people, you know. Yeah. And it's so funny. You see that little snippet of Crystal saying, she's that bitch is nosy. And I'm like, Crystal, we were texting in the car outside, number one. And number two, how do you get to know people? I get to know people by asking questions about them, right? Let's let's talk about the Crystal moment. Okay. okay? So there's a moment a few episodes back when you're in in Spain. Yes. And you and Crystal had issues. And why do you think you had the issues? Because you were questioning the whole esophagus thing with, and for people that don't know, so Sutton, it it was Kyle who brought it up. Kyle brings up. Because she's feeling like she's on the attack. This is before she's come forward that she and Mauricio are having serious issues. But everybody around is like seeing something going on. And so she kind of goes after Sutton at the Mm -hmm. dinner party and is like, why are you bringing up the fact that I don't have a ring on? You don't even eat. You move your food around. Right. And so then the conversation starts as women who don't have cameras around would discuss Mm -hmm. and be like, what is up with that? Yeah. So you give your opinion that you don't believe it's a tiny assault. Like explain. So le- yeah, let me let me explain, explain. that. I'm so not going to explain. This it. is this. Is, oh heavens! Oh here we go. So yes, you you just yes. explained how it was presented to me. Right. Kyle is the one who presented it yes. that way. She said that Sutton doesn't eat and pushes her food around her plate and uses that as an excuse for that. So that okay. was how this was initially presented to me, and my only point in all of this was that there needed to be an underlying condition causing a neuroesophagus. That's it. Mm. I never, I did not say that I wasn't questioning whether she had one or not. I literally was just saying, because think about it like this, okay? Yeah. Say you have a newborn and your newborn is born with a small esophagus. What do you think would happen? I don't know. I mean, I would go they to the doctor. They wouldn't and, be able like, to eat. Right. Or you need like a feeding tube, I guess, you, right? You, you would probably yeah. need surgery. Like you wouldn't be able to eat. All I'm saying is that like it, I, I was literally just saying, wondering, asking her what the underlying condition was that caused that to happen. That was it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So now here. So, of course, editing is a tiny percent. We see a tiny percent of what you guys film. Mm-hmm. And... I'm guessing you probably had some really funny times with your husband, probably some cute times with your kids. Uh, what we saw was you, in every situation, bringing it up again about Sutton's tiny esophagus. That is correct. The audience knows how these shows work. They want, they believe the audience enjoys a show more if there's conflict than mm-hmm. you doing a legit charity event. And that's just the case, okay? Mm-hmm. So we start seeing this. And so I kind of really felt for you because I'm like, this is all they're showing. And there's a good chance that they're saying, um, okay, you know, Anna Marie, when you go in, they're saying that you're not qualified to say what you're saying. 
And so then you want to go defend yourself. That's what I'm assuming stuff like that happened. And then then, they, then you now have footage of you constantly bringing up the esophagus. There was a lot of disrespect of nurses happening. My profession was constantly being um, diminished. And, Versus like you're not a doctor. Right. And, and let's talk about that too. Yeah. Because nurse anesthesiologists are doctors. I have a master's degree because that's what my requirement was of my program when I graduated 11 years ago. But 10% of CRNAs are doctors. They are doctorate trained. And as of next year, every single CRNA that graduates has a doctorate degree. So we are doctors. They, Physician anesthesiologists own the title physician. They do not own the title anesthesiologist. And that is where a lot of the... Um, political debate comes in because there is there is such a a political history uh, between the ASA, the American Society of Anesthesiologists, and the AANA, the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology. Especially when our title changed to nurse anesthesiologist, they don't like that. It's like a turf war. Okay. Got and it. so I'm at the brunt of this turf war because Crystal decided to say that I misrepresented my title, whereas she actually doesn't even know all of this background information. She just wanted to say that. And so when you guys start, so she also said in Spain, or you said, we, you guys hung out prior to filming or when filming wasn't happening, and then you, she gave you the scoop on everybody is what yeah. you said. Yeah. So we we have mutual friends, and I met her. Not the 14 that she's no longer not, friends with. But I, but I. I know that, too, because I know those people as well. Okay. Other people. Um, and do you know why that why yeah, that friendship ended? Yes, I do. Can you share or no? I mean, let's just say that it goes back to her. Okay. Um, what she says about the ladies, which we're going to talk about, the thing about her 14 friends, and now this thing with me misrepresenting her title, which or misrepresenting my title, which isn't that so convenient that... She needed a storyline this year. She needed something to talk about. She was talking about her brother. She was that was her storyline yeah, this year. I don't think people were that interested in the brother. She was talking about her brother. So she knew she needed to bring it this year. So she did what she does, which is unfortunately not be truthful. So, um, okay. So, <laughs> so I mean, I kind of loved that moment at the table. In okay. Spain. Okay. So yes, yeah, sorry. Because why I loved it is because you were like you said it, and all their faces where you said it, you're like, I made you relevant. Meaning relevant on we're well, on a show. We're like, on a show. And, and more and more, like I've been begging for them to break the fourth wall on occasion. Show the fact that you have an opportunity because of Housewives. Bring up BravoCon. So and slowly each franchise is starting to do it, and I think the franchises are benefit benefiting from it because the audience is so sophisticated because they've been watching for 15 yeah. years. So but, when you said that, I thought that was pretty interesting. But what you also said was, look, we, you should talk to this group and said that they weren't intelligent. And okay. then they go back and show a clip of her giving an interview where she said the exact thing that you said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and fourth wall is a whole other situation. I Goodness, I wish I knew that I could have broken fourth wall. Um, but yeah, so when I met her, it was, I think, the same week that I met Kyle at a holiday party of a mutual friend of ours. And... Um, 
I'm like, what do you do? And she's like, I'm a housewife. She really did lead with that. She Meaning I'm a real housewife. Yeah, I'm like a TV I'm on housewife. a show. Yeah. No, not a housewife like in real life. Like I'm a housewife. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then, you know, you go into the natural question of like, oh, is it fun? Do you guys actually hang out? Like, you know, the, the same questions I get from people now. And this is before now. you were hired. Oh, this is three months before this okay. was even a thing. Oh, right, yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and I get it because people ask me that all the time now, too. So I ask her that. And, then and I don't think there's anything wrong. Like, I remember um, Real Housewives of New York when Bethany was going after Carol, mm-hmm. which you don't know what I'm talking about because no. you didn't watch. Yeah. But she was ripping on Carol for not having a career or something. And Carol's like, we have the same job. Yeah. yeah the the main job is housewife. Now, yeah. you really have a whole nother job. Yes. And there are a couple other housewives that really, at least Vanderpump is a restaurant error. But, you know, like mm-hmm. there are people that have real legit other things going. But for most people... This is a pretty big job, and oh, it's absolutely. a huge platform, and there's nothing to be ashamed of oh, to no. act like it's, yeah. Absolutely not, and I'm not even saying right, it in that no, way. No, yeah. It's just she said it in a way of it was pretentious. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. It wasn't like I do this and I'm holding esteem from it for anything other than okay. yeah. I'm being pretentious about it. That was that was okay. how it was presented to me. So then she said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a nurse anesthetist, and she looked at me puzzled, which – every, you know, 90% of people do unless they are in healthcare and they have heard of a CRNA before. And then I said, I do anesthesia. And then she's looking at me puzzled and I said, I do anesthesia. And then she said, oh, my sister is um, an anesthesiologist. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I'm a CRNA. Then she'll know what I do. Like, because you clearly didn't, she will know. And yeah. when people say they're in healthcare or they're in anesthesia, then it's like, we ha- we kind of have that bond. Like, you're right. going to know what I do. Anyway, but that's what she decided to say. Well, no, you called yourself an anesthesiologist, which it's funny because also now looking back at it, I'm a nurse anesthesiologist. Like, it's, you know, like it just, even her saying that, there's really nothing I wrong with like, saying that. I feel that, like, to you be know? honest, like, to, be, uh, to be a viewer... It it was too much about this job of yours. It was it too was, much. They shared. They had uh, you talking about it too much in defending it and wondering about the Sutton thing. They had her asking too much and wondering about it. It's like yeah. It just listen. Most people felt there wasn't. I felt the season was great. I liked. I never will stop watching the show. And yeah. I'm like, sometimes there just isn't that much going on in people's lives. Yeah. Of course, a lot going in Kyle's and stuff. But not much going on in Garcelle's. Yeah. I have teenage boys. One has a boyfriend. One has a girlfriend. One does it. Yeah. There isn't that much. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, she's still interesting and exciting. I feel like there's gotten to this place where the audience is so awful that it's like, what's your storyline? Yeah. You better get a a medical diagnosis <laughs> where you're going to have to, like, be really sick, have a kid go through something bad, have a bankruptcy, <laughs> a robbery, or a divorce happen, or you don't deserve to be on the show. All the, it's all like, the salacious what stuff. What do you want? Like, the funny thing, though, is I I had so much going on in my life last year when we were filming. Like, in general, I have a very full, very big, very, very busy life. I have three hysterical kids, like a, a comedic husband. I work. We have a foundation. I'm a former um, collegiate basketball player. I like I work out every day at 4.30 in the morning. Like, I have a very big, very full life. And shortly after we started filming, my mother was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. She told me on camera. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. How is she doing? She passed three months later. 
Oh my God, I'm so, so sorry. Thank you. So that's what I was actually dealing with while we were filming. Oh. My mom's stage four lung cancer diagnosis. So, you know, and it was, uh, there was a time when, you know, I talked to Kyle about it a, a bit because I knew that she'd understand because of her, her mom. mom. yeah. And then there was a time when I tried to talk to Sutton about it and she threw it back in my face. And then it was after Sutton did that, she was, you know, she kind of was like, you're just using that as an excuse. And I was like, and that's when I shut down. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to talk to these girls about it anymore because it was so painful. Yeah. It was so painful. But that's what I was actually dealing with while we were filming. Not, I, did, I don't care about Sun's esophagus. Like, I cared about my family, my mother, Ugh. all the things I was going through. And then when we were in Spain at the paella dinner, I was also adopted when I was born. Oh, so like, yeah, I didn't know that. I'm half Dutch, <laughs> half Nigerian. Oh. Um, I'm from a small farm town in Canada. Um, when were I, you adopted at birth? Yes. So I was adopted at birth. Did you ever find your... I'll tell you. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So Nigerian father, uh, Dutch mother, they put me up for adoption when I was born. I've never met them. And I was adopted two weeks later by an Indonesian family. So I was raised in an Asian household. In, in America? In a small farm town in Canada. Oh, in Canada. In okay. Canada, uh -huh. yep. And, um, uh, oh my God. About the birth family, finding the birth family. Yes. So when we were in Spain, um, let, actually let me backtrack and okay, like sure. give it some context first. Yeah. So when we actually moved to our current house, the one that we bought through the agency, I went through what I found out is adoption trauma. I didn't know what that was. I'd never heard of it before. I had I was depressed for six months. I cried every single day. It was the most traumatic experience of my life. And somebody hearing that, you'd say, you, you moved houses, get it together. Like that is not a thing. No, no. But oh, wait, so wait, when you were moving, it like triggered something. It, it, it triggered. And when did did you? Oh, so do you always knew growing up that you were adopted? Always, because you didn't look like the family that adopted you. Correct. And did they? What was the story they told you? Oh, I mean, I have known for as long as I can remember. Like that, you're the luckiest one. Everyone wants. My mom. My mom would always you. say. Adopted kids are the luckiest kids in the world because everybody wants them. Yes. So I always thought that's beautiful, and yeah. you know that's the way they should be told. Yes. So when did you ever? So then, did at a certain point did you try to find your parents? No, no, I didn't. And my older sister, who uh -huh. is um, half Filipino, she uh -huh. was also adopted. She's three years older than me. Um, and and you know, I think it was because she didn't really care to find her birth family and so you know just sort of followed yeah, suit kind of followed, like my older sister i look up to yeah. her i'm like oh she doesn't mind i don't i don't i'm got i'm fine too you uh -huh. know and our family was we had this a massive family i have like 30 something cousins beautiful loving amazing indonesian family like i was so loved growing up and my mom always said we chose you like we wanted you so much that we chose you so i grew up with so much love mm -hmm. so now this situation, I want to move to this new house. I'm excited about moving to this new house. I'm an active participant in this new house. But as soon as it happens, it triggers this depression in me because I feel like I have been ripped from my stability. Mm. And the separation and the this feeling of abandonment was – it was – overwhelming so yeah, then i learned so what adoption was so yeah oh yeah so much therapy so much therapy yeah. it was really really devastating um so anyway so now at the pie dinner at the pie dinner i'm talking to erica and dorit and erica was talking about um working in an orphanage and um holding babies you know because they need that physical touch and then we got into me being adopted and i told them 
this story um, of, so I have a friend who lives in a gated community here in Los Angeles, and the gentleman that works security at the gate, he's from um, the Congo. And so I'm chatting with him, this is sometime early last year, and he's like, sister, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm half Nigerian. And he's like, have you been? And I said, no, I don't know my biological parents. I've never been there before. And he said, you don't know them. And he said, is your dad Nigerian? And I said, yes. And he's like, you need to find him. He said, Nigerian men don't leave their babies. He doesn't know you exist. Mm. So I told this to Erica Dorit and just lost it. Yeah. Lost it. Because, it, you know, it's that adoption trauma that is now manifesting in my life as a 41-year-old mother with four children. Yeah. So these are the things that I struggle with. That So interesting. And were they welcoming of that story? Oh, absolutely. Oh, they that's were so good. supportive. They yes. were so supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Now, the other thing that you got that people were like, what, is your honesty about how you said that your husband said you're an eight and a half at everything. You're an yeah. eight and a half in looks. You're an eight and a half in sports. You're yeah. an eight and a half in intelligence, decorating. Yeah. And... People were like, if that if my as they're sitting at home by themselves, <laughs> if my man said that to me. And I'm always like, that's a thing. I'm like, we're we're stepping into someone else's home in their marriage and yeah. every marriage has their own dynamic. Yeah. And the thing that women say more than anything is, Well, I wouldn't put up with that. I know. Well, no one's asking you to put up with it. And you guys have your understanding mm-hmm. and it's and you thought it was funny. Yeah. And you thought it was like, yeah, I, I mean, look, I know I'm not a 10 supermodel in yeah. looks. And, you know, my husband's never been like, you're the best looking person that's ever walked on the earth. He's never said it. Yeah. So does that mean I shouldn't? So do you want so someone funny. who's lying? I so, thought there was yes, nothing wrong there's with it. So many And I was to like, it. I would. The, and the way we talk about our husbands. Yeah. Never. Like we demand that every guy is like, you're the greatest thing. But we'll. No. I mean, even as a female comic. Yeah. Female comics can speak about their husbands so much harsher. And the women and the men laugh. But if a guy gets up there and says the oh, things yeah. that we'd say, it's like, he's awful, da-da-da-da. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. But I knowing the audience so well, I was yeah. like, oh, God, please. See, and I would have no idea. Because, yeah. you know, I'm coming into this, Heather, open book. I'm right. like, so bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, open book. I have nothing to hide. I'm like, this is my life. Welcome, you know? And, like, I get, you know, what people didn't see and don't understand is like, my husband is my person. Like we are best friends. Like we can joke about everything and anything. And so two parts to that. Number one, I was an athlete, right? And so my coach is never gonna be like, Anna Marie, you're perfect. It's just not going to happen. I don't expect yeah. perfection in my life. I'm always striving for better. That's just the way I operate. That's one of the things I love about my husband. He pushes me to be better. I push him to be better. That's how we work, right? As athletes, so, too. As athletes, yeah. absolutely. So I would never I would never expect to be a 10. And then he said, he was like, you totally butchered that and whatever. He's like, I didn't say. <laughs> yeah, he like, probably didn't love the response well, either. I mean, he, doesn't, he doesn't care. Okay, He's like, good, whatever. Good. He, he doesn't good. internalize things. You don't want things. them to care. He doesn't internalize things. He's good. been doing this for too long. But um. He was like, you butchered it. He said, I didn't say you were an eight and a half at everything. He said, average. You're an eight and a half average. And so he's like, yes, looks and oh, body so you and brains. You're, you, he's like, the, all the things okay, that women so you're hear. A ten you're in a the 10 sack. in the thing. I'm a 10 in the sack. I'm a 10 in looks, 10 in brains, Where 10 in, in athletics. Oh, two. So there you go. So there, I'm a okay. two at yeah. cooking. I have, I have like, I'm so type A. And like yeah. super OCD, those are my twos because he hates when I stress. Okay. So he's like, those are your twos that like even everything out. Got it. So so it, and whatever. I got it wrong. But also, I'm 
I don't I don't need to be a 10. Like I I'm not a 10. And I and this is another thing too. You know what you'll never hear at the Wiley household. Honey, does this look bad on me? Do I look fat? Does this look good? Because if it looks bad, he will have already told me. <laughs> and I never have to think is he lying? Right. Because he's going to I know he's going to tell me the truth. Right? Right. How many times do people like leave the house and like, oh, I, I feel so subconscious. Honey, you're, you're just lying. You're just saying that. I'm never going to wonder if my husband's I, just saying that. I have that. the thing where they don't, and I have two boys that are 18 and 21 now, they never say anything about my outfit mm-hmm. unless it isn't okay. Oh, no. I'm and like, then, tell me. And then, it, no, they then they will say it. I'm yeah. saying they're not, they're not, I don't walk down and ever and they're like, whoa, mom. <laughs> they're just like used to me get glammed up myself, whatever. Yeah. But sometimes I'll be like, like I remember one time I wore this hat and this like coat because you know how everyone's wearing like long coats yes, now, you know? Yes. And my son's like, why are you dressed like a detective? And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. So the, those are the only times when it like seems goofy <sighs> that I, anyway, so let's get into, um, uh, so you, this is you at the reunion. Mm-hmm. I love this blue. Thank Did you. Did you have a hard time choosing your outfit? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Yes. I mean, your, your dress? Yeah, it, it, it is a process. It is a process. Do they tell you what, that you have to choose this color? Uh, no, it wasn't a color. It was a theme. So okay. we were given a theme. And then, um, but I, you know, I guess they're going for some kind of like cohesion with everything, right? right? right. So um, so it's a lot of like back and forth during this process. But for me, I was like, you know what? I want to wear a bright, fun color. I want to wear something that's comfortable because sorry, comfort first. I'm that person. I always I will be. I always think, okay, first of all, this is why your dress is really a good choice. The color. Thank you. I always think. A, a long dress, but with a slit. Yeah. So you show the leg, yeah. but you're not having a short dress where you might get a squirt of like cellulite or something happening. <laughs> or just fidgeting it, the it's whole like time. A it's a long day. You also have it nipped in the waist. Mm-hmm. So even the tiniest waist can be um, challenging on a couch. Yep. If it's like a super uh, plain silk or something, not good. Yep. And so, yeah, I thought it was a great choice. Thank um, you. Now, where so where you can't tell us what happens on the reunion, yeah, but with Sutton, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, are, are you, are you do you think you can move past and be okay? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, okay, good. I mean, because I think she's, I think she's a character and fun, yeah. I think she's perfect for the show, yeah. Um, I don't need to see any more fake dates, yeah, my personal opinion. Oh, my. I, don't, I don't need to see. <laughs> The casting people whip out these guys that were trying to be actors from, from, you know, their last gig was on Million Dollar Matchmaker in 2011. I don't need to see that. Let it be. Just let her be her, like, quirky self. You know my husband Uh, was on that show. Million Dollar Matchmaker? Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, I have With to. Patty, way you back know in that the day. It's, they're re airing now on oh, Netflix. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, no, I didn't know. Th- like the old episode? Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm dead. That is we so We have to funny. look it up. Oh my God, that is so funny. We have yeah. to look This was it obviously up. before me, way before me. Yes. Yeah. That's um, so funny. Because I was so entertained by that show. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's coming back with a new one. Oh my God. Um, Crystal, we already talked about, mm-hmm. but I like her dress. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica, now. Love that dress. Did you, obviously coming in, you must have known about Erica's LA Times article. Yeah. Which Sutton was the only one that read it, but I, I'm confident that you'd probably be able to read the whole thing yourself as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, Being yeah. that you've read a lot of medical uh, books, I think you could get through the LA article. I'm an avid How reader, did you yes. feel going in? I feel like she really had a great season. I think she redeemed herself. I think people mm-hmm. have changed their minds about what is really expected of her as a wife of someone who deceived a bunch of people. Yeah. And um and I thought she came off 
so likable and a really wonderful when she talked to Kyle in the last episode when mm-hmm. she came over and was like, this is your marriage and all the advice she gave was absolutely just on point. So like there you can tell they have a real friendship, but you also she was just she was that friend that's been through it. And yeah. I thought that was really great on yeah. her part. Yeah. So I, you know, didn't know the old Erica. Yeah. I've only known this Erica. Yeah. And she has been amazing to me. She's been so supportive. And one thing that I think really makes the two of us get along is that she's very no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like she's just honest and real and she'll tell you how it is. Similar to my husband, right? Yeah. Like yeah. how he's going to tell me how it is. I gravitate towards people like that because those are the people that you know you can trust. Don't yes. just tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me the real. And she does that. And yeah. I really appreciate that for her. Yeah, she was. I love her. She's so supportive. She's been great. Yes. So that's great. But you haven't seen the show yet. Uh, you didn't go to the Las Vegas residency. So when sh- I wanted to, uh-huh. but that's, I was in Canada a lot with my mom. Oh, okay. Because like I said, after she got diagnosed, it was only three months until she passed. Mm-hmm. So I was in Canada. Oh, okay. And um, well, I mean, hopefully with the show coming out, I think it's March 6th or 9th. Um, she has a two episode spinoff. Mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. And, you know, hopefully she'll she'll be able to do more. Uh, I know. Good for her. Um how did you get along with Garcelle? I felt like you guys really didn't have much one-on-one time. At least we didn't see it. Yeah, we ha- we actually filmed a really fun afternoon. She came over to my house and we had this amazing talk, this awesome heart-to-heart. We bonded over so many things. We're actually, we have a lot in common, like in terms of um, our you know, our, just our past and like our entry into um, American life yeah. and Los Angeles life right. in particular. Uh, so we really bonded over a lot of things. And, you know, with being the two black women on the cast, there are certain things that, you know, only we're going to kind of understand yeah. and we need to lean on each other for those things and in those kinds of instances. So, no, Garcelle and I got along great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, I've known her for years and she's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorit, mm-hmm. a lot of people were freaked out by this outfit. <laughs> They were like, is this the Real Housewives of Dubai? What's happening? Oh I like that she, I think her style and all that shit is fun. Yeah. Um. Did you like, was this the first time you saw it when you guys went, filmed it? Yes, this was the first time I saw it. And you, you know didn't what? like hang on a bun? How did it, it stay? Was, it was like clipped in. Oh, okay. It was like clipped in over she has like in a, the top. For people not watching this, she has like a, a really nice, beautiful red dress that then has like a hood situation yeah. happening. Yeah. You know what, though? This is Dorit, right? Yeah. Like she's always going to push those fashion boundaries and bring something new and fresh and give you that wow. And she yeah. did it, right? We're talking about it. So in the last episode, she, you know, is talking to PK. Yeah. He's extended his trip to London 39 days. Mm-hmm. And she's being very honest of like, I don't know that we're going to be together forever. And... Um, so a lot of people are talking about that and a lot of people, that's what the show is, is people like watching these marriages because the majority of audience members are married women, divorced women, whatever. And Mm -hmm. we've been through it, our friends, and we like to give our opinion. And so my opinion is it's not great. It's not great. And I just, I think when they did the pretty woman thing Mm -hmm. and he said, which in which he set up the whole evening of Pretty Woman. Um, which, by the way, I went as Pretty Woman in the red dress with the white gloves to uh, Adrian Malou's Halloween party. No and she was there. Way. And we talked. And uh. then after that, 
They did the pretty woman thing. That is so funny. You don't think she maybe got the idea for me? I mean, well, we filmed this Possibly. much before that. We filmed it no, much Halloween before that. last year. Oh, I mean. It's a great it was, idea. It's so it flattering. it was PK's idea, not oh, her right. idea, okay, right? <laughs> but I think, um, you know, granted it's, you know, filming for the show and all that stuff. But I think he was kind of like, I think what happens sometimes, and I've talked about this mm-hmm. with marriages, there's a significant age difference. I don't know if it's 20 years. It's like at least 15, 16. Wait, between those two? Yeah. Really? He's like 58 and she's like 40. I didn't realize that. What do you really? mean? No, I didn't realize that they had an she's age She's the second like wife. Yes, correct. So, and I think sometimes when you have an age difference and you, the initial part of the marriage is... You're this young girl who's so excited and so grateful and so impressed mm-hmm. by everything that this older, wealthier man Is brings to you. your world. Yep. And then as time goes on, any marriage gets a little stale. But as time goes on, I feel then, okay, I'm now she's no longer so impressed with all the shiny items because she's used to them. Mm-hmm. And she's not, you know what I mean? And then the, now the kids are, now there's, she's uh, into the kids as she should be. Right. And so now he's not getting the attention that he got from his 30-year-old girlfriend 10 years ago. Wow. And now he's got a 40-year-old wife that has school-age kids that she wants to homeschool. Right. And that so then he's doing his businesses and more and more days go by. Yeah. And I'm not saying this marriage can't be saved, but that as the marriage therapist is what I would say is the real issue. It's <sighs> like they have to get back to that place where he felt she was excited for him and she has to feel like he thought, you know what I mean? And and it just changes with kids. It's like it has to. Oh, it absolutely changes yeah. with kids. It, it absolutely does. Um, you know what? I I always root for love. Yeah. So I'm I'm holding out hope and I'm rooting for them. And I, I, I feel they, like all I, marriages kind of go through a rough patch at some time or another, though, if you're together well, for long what's enough. What's sad, too, about Kyle and Risa, too, is both couples have that fun friendship. Yes. And I always feel like, it's when you don't have the fun friendship, when you really don't enjoy each other, when that's it's 24 right. hour bickering. Yes. That's when it has a trouble. Like if you're at least friends, but the romance is off or the da 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 da, you can come back to that. When your husband can joke and call yeah. you an 8.5. Yeah, yeah. So and now I- we like the 8.5. See? You want a funny husband? See? <laughs> but I think so. I think that they can. But yeah. I think, you know, she's being. And then also when you're also sometimes with breakups especially like in the years past, sometimes when people would feel they got they were getting divorced, that people would shun them, would not want to be around them, almost like it's like a disease that could get through the it, cul-de-sac. Really? Like, yeah, like in the 80s and stuff, it was oh, like wow. people were getting divorced. Sometimes like, you know, society, neighbors and like stuff. excommunicated. Yeah, like a little yeah. bit like, or we now we don't want the single girl that's, you know, at our parties. We're like a little. That. And so I think the breakup of, you know, Kyle and Mariso might have added to... Now we're going to see this whole friendship breakup between she and Kyle. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot that even after the reunion, we're not going to really know. Because I think there's so much unknown of like, and then people are like, I feel gypped. I'm like, shut up. The girl's been on the show for 14 years. However much Kyle wanted to share or when she wanted to share it or what they wanted to present. Is their deal? Well, I mean, I hope people don't feel jipped because I'm. I can honestly <laughs> say I, I didn't know a lot of that was happening with their relationship either. It right. Was, it was news to me as well. So yes. It yeah. just you know it just kind of goes to show you that you know things evolve 
fast. Now, I'm going to go jump to this other thing because this is crazy. So this is an, uh, a podcast called, um, what is it called? Bravo's Hot Mike. Mm-hmm. And he is a, is this Alex Baskin's yes, podcast? correct. So he's, you know, a huge producer of the shows. So he has Dorit and PK on there. And he's like, you might, I know you're very upset that there were times that people had speculated fans. Was this a real robbery? Mm-hmm. You know, because she has a PTSD and the gun was put to her head and everything. Yeah. And then he goes on to say something that has really gotten people chatting where he's like, well, we were robbed three times. And of the three times, Vegas in the house. I think there was another time. And then there was the time where she went to TJ Maxx. Where she had all that cash in her purse. Shopping. Yeah. Right. And then he goes on to say, and they caught the guys in Vegas, but and they also caught the guys from the TJ Maxx or whatever. Yeah. And Dorit's like, they did? He's like, yeah. And she's like, you didn't tell me that. And that is weird. It's weird. It could be a many things. It could be that. He really is just not making her a priority. He just hadn't really he'd taken the call for the cop and didn't really care to tell her and didn't really wasn't down to communicating with her a lot and forgot. Right. Or oh. it could be that he purposely didn't tell her, but I don't know why he would say well, it yeah, that I don't on know the why podcast. He would purposely I, not I tell really her. think that he is just n- I really think that Dorit is just not on his mind that much. And so oh. I think when information comes and stuff. He probably meant to tell her, but then he was in London and then this and this and Focusing this. And now we're sitting things. down and it comes up and he's being honest. And he's like, oh, these people got arrested. And she's just kind of like, what? That would be very jarring to hear. Yeah. On a podcast, not and, in real time. And then I feel like with her situation with the robbery where she's like, I have PTSD and everything. He basically is like, I feel like he's basically saying to the therapist, I call bullshit. I think she's exaggerating yeah. it and everything. And I feel like, regardless of if she's exaggerating or not, if she is exaggerating it, it's because she wants his attention. Right. So I, if she, even if she is not suffering as much as she is, and no one knows the level of suffering, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what she went through. Agreed. Um, and if there was, and then people speculate, is there something more behind it? Whatever is more behind it, I believe she did not know anything when she woke up that night. I 100% believe that. So her trauma is her trauma. Absolutely. But, yeah, to then have your husband kind of be like, move on. I think one thing we have to, like, also keep in mind is that it's not going to be – PTSD is not going to be linear – and it's not going to be the same for everyone, right? People right. are going and to experience it, can rise up it. and it can go down. Exactly. And-, and people are going to experience it different ways in yeah. general. And what one person might be able to, quote unquote, recover from in one year's time, it might take someone else who knows how long, right? right? So I think that's something that is a very individual experience for her. And it's almost like you have to you have to believe her and, and just support her with yeah. that, right? I totally agree. Okay, so... Um... Kyle looked great in her green dress, mm-hmm. and then Kathy shows up, mm-hmm. and we see the t- the trailer. So don't tell us, but mm-hmm. but Sutton sort of gets dizzy, and we don't know if she's getting dizzy from the sight of Kathy Hilton, <laughs> or if maybe she just had a dizzy moment, like people faint and get dizzy. I fainted on stage once; never happened since. I don't know why I did. Uh-huh. It happens. I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to wait and find out. We're going to have to wait and find out. <laughs> However, I was in Aspen this weekend. Yeah. And do you know what happened off camera at the Caribou Club with Kathy Hilton and Lisa Renna? Oh, no. It's pretty much why Lisa Renna is no longer on the show. 
Um, they went to this private club called the Caribou Club. Okay. So, of course, I wanted to go, and I had friends that were members. So it's like a beautiful dining place, and then there's like a DJ. And it's a mix of aged people. It's pretty fun, mm-hmm. you know? Well, the story is that Kathy Hilton went up to the DJ and asked Michael Jackson to be played, and he didn't play it. And she got furious. She felt disregarded or whatever. And... um got mad at Kyle and said, let's leave, Kyle. And Kyle was like, no. So then Lisa, uh, Lisa Renna took her in the Sprinter van without cameras, without any recording. And according to Lisa Renna, she was in a bad mood and she went off on Kyle and and off on the DJ and, and used a derogatory term. Oh, wow. So, but we never saw it and it just got brought up throughout the show. Okay. What went down at the Caribou Club? And my understanding is that he didn't play Michael Jackson. Well, let me tell you, when I went to the Caribou Club Saturday night, they played two Michael Jackson songs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I took my oh phone. I'm like, if only this DJ had played these songs. At that Kathy time. Hilton would have been happy. <clears throat> Lisa Renna wouldn't have had any dirt on her. Lisa Renna kind of made me stayed on the show. <sighs> Kyle may have never met Morgan Wade. Oh, my God. If only Michael Jackson had been played. Isn't that crazy? Like, one event, Cascade. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, okay, the white party. Yeah, it was, oh, it was so beautiful. It was so much fun. How did the idea ever come to let's did we know somebody at SoFi Stadium? Were they like SoFi Stadium like was like, hey, we want to host your party? Like who thinks to just go to a big because now I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is kind of a great idea for other people. Why not go to your local high school football field? Why not put something there when they're not playing a football? Like now you have this big space that just wasn't being used. If everything's being brought in, which is very expensive to do. Very expensive. But I don't Um, know. You could have like a wedding anywhere now. Like you just. (laughs) I mean, you can. You can. You can go to SoFi and get married if you want to pay for that. But you have to think about the security and all the vendors and those kinds of things because you are looking at a blank football field that you are constructing a party on. It is a very, very big venture. And like we're we have Chargers season tickets. We we go to every game at SoFi and like trust me, I've never seen it look like that. This was a very it's a very big production. And why do you think she wanted to have such a big production? I think because she hadn't had the party in a couple of years, right? Because of COVID and oh. everything. And, and, and so also because have Erica perform too. Absolutely. Like this was the big resurgence of the white party. Oh. So I get why she kind wanted a big venue. Kind of funny because it might venue. be the sad, what, la- I mean, this, the last white party. Well, oh, where I mean, she and he are hosting it together. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Hopefully not. Um, okay. So then in this scene, it wasn't this scene, but anyway, there's Crystal and her husband. And the news breaks... Mm. Mm-hmm. At the end of the uh, final episode, that, in fact, they're separated. Who leaked the ple- people's story? Because right. right after that, they said, we're not separated. Right. We're living under the same roof, but we're not separated. We don't know who leaked the story, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And he says, Crystal's husband goes, I think maybe Morgan leaked it. Mm-hmm. And um, so the entire year that this has been going on, has it been a year? How long has it been? I think it started like in uh, like June. June. June is when people started to, um, I forgot the the blogger, but someone put a highlight reel together before the, before someone put in the stories. Okay. Because they started to notice the stuff she was posting, Mm -hmm. working out and all this stuff with Morgan on her lap. And someone put a highlight reel together of, I think, Kyle's dating Morgan. That, I I apologize that I can't remember this girl's name. Instagram. But I feel like I that, just saw it this yeah, morning too. So then she she was like ninety seven 
thousand people. She's yeah. a decent one. She's good yeah. work. She then shares that back in June, when she put this together before the People article, mm-hmm. and but people were speculating. I remember seeing the stuff about who is this girl that she's working out with. Is yeah. is she a friend who's just a different style? Is she a friend who's just gay? Who's a friend? Are they mm-hmm. more? So then she goes, Kyle and Morgan both watched my reel back in June. I saw that. Watched the highlight reel. Yeah. So now I've gone back and forth. She's dressing like Morgan. They're getting the tattoos. The paparazzi just always happens to be there when they're going on a walk. Mm-hmm. Then I realize, oh, she's doing um, producing a documentary about Morgan's um, music career. Ca- music career also getting her getting the gene taken out by getting a mastectomy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, making people aware of that, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was like, oh, there's that. Then I also um, came across someone else's hard work where they discovered that at one point she either had a boyfriend or a husband, Morgan, Mm -hmm. who was now a realtor at the agency. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Really? It has been for a while. Now, the agency is everywhere. Everywhere. And I don't know if it's the Beverly Hills agency. It could be the Encino agency. It could be the agency in Tennessee. I don't know. They're everywhere. And clearly... Mauricio doesn't know every single agent. He probably doesn't even know every manager of every office. There's so many. For sure. So who knows? But in this one, after she went on Real Housewives, I noticed that we always talk about Kyle wearing Morgan's clothes. Mm -hmm. Well, Morgan got an outfit from Kyle. Right. She's wearing an Hermes belt, a nice silk blouse. Yeah. A blazer, a Veronica beard blazer, it appears to be. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So now wait, who's... And... In it, she is rubbing her hip in a very loving, in my opinion, non-straight platonic girlfriend kind of a way. Mm-hmm. So I will say this: I I'm happy with whatever makes Kyle happy. Of course, right? If this is um, if this is true, you know, then as long as she's happy, great. You know, Kyle has been through so much. She's shared so much of her life, her family's life. Um, and I I understand that people, you know, really feel entitled to know every single intricate detail of everything. But if that's not what she's ready to do, then, you know, there maybe there has to be it. Maybe it has to be on her terms and her time. I don't know. I just. Like I said, I will always root for love. That is a marriage of 27, 28 years. They have four beautiful children. um, And it it, like hurts my heart to see a family break up. But if that is what's going to make Kyle happy and Mo happy, then I'm happy for them. Well, I love that she says we're not that couple that's screaming, yelling, fighting. Yeah. But also that's time. Sometimes that's what a therapist says. Once you become indifferent, mm. then also the marriage can't be saved either. I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like sometimes at least if you're fighting, you care enough to fight. You're fighting for you're, you care enough to be annoyed. Yeah. You know, but I feel like I don't care. I don't know how much was manipulated, planned out, not planned out. I have loved every second of it. I have loved wondering. I think. The best thing about her, Chris Jenner, anybody else, is she made the lemonade out of it. There you go. The Buying Beverly Hills season two is coming out. Yeah. It wasn't really a huge buzzworthy hit first season. And the trailer looks really good. There you go. And they're, the sisters are against each other. We're seeing that they're talking about the separation. The market, you know, is of a little more volatile, which make it a little more fun than, you know, easy deals. Yep. And... So I think they're like, look, this is the deal. 
People know net, people know about it. And we're going to share about it. Mm-hmm. But I, when I was in Aspen, I did run into Mauricio. You did, and he it was after <laughs> dinner. I was with my eighteen year old son and my and my husband, and I go Mauricio, and he was with a girl who was attractive, okay. who then just walked ahead, like she didn't stop to meet me. I looked to see because first I thought, is it one of the brunette daughters? It was not. She didn't acknowledge you at all. No. Now, it okay. could have just been a friend. It could have been someone's sister. Who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like she knows the deal, and I'm not meeting every fucking 50-year-old woman who was like, oh, Mauricio! <laughs> so like, I get why she was like, we're fucking moving on. <laughs> but anyway, I talked to him. He's always so nice. I'm like, I'm excited for season two. I love it because I grew up in real estate with my parents. So I'm love like, it. I love that your daughters are working with you. Blah, blah, blah. Then I saw him twice more skiing, but I felt I was so obnoxious the night before that I averted eye contact and did not talk to him again. But he was by himself skiing the two other times. Okay. So I don't have any <clears throat> real Maybe he was scoop. just out with an acquaintance for dinner. He just didn't want to have a lonely dinner. And she know. was like, I don't want to deal with this. Maybe, yeah. If she was a realtor, she should have stopped. She should have tried to sell me a condo or something. <laughs> but um, anyway, I think... You know, I think um, it must that must have been kind of also weird that you stepped into this where like one of the biggest couples in housewife history is like, you know, um, and then you found out about it mostly <clears throat> towards the end of the season. Like yes. when you were at the white party, did you think anything was weird then? No, I actually didn't know for the longest time. I didn't. I didn't know anything was wrong. I literally just thought that Mo was in Europe because he was on a, his book tour. Oh, right. Okay. So he was on his book tour. He was working. I, I didn't think anything of it. I had no idea. And I knew of Morgan because Kyle um, introduced us on FaceTime during that dinner that um, Dorit and I were at her house for. Um, I, I didn't think anything of anything. I didn't. I was like, great. This is her new friend. I think it's also a really good. I think you could learn a lot by watching other people's lives on Housewives. Yeah. And I think this could be a lesson to people because when you do get greater wealth and you have multiple homes mm-hmm. it is really easy to start living in separate homes oh 100 percent. and you're like oh hey da, 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 and you know and then of course with him he always has a reason to travel mm-hmm. if he ever isn't happy with the situation at home he can always say oh i gotta go to puerto rico because the office is this is this and this is that. and how is she ever gonna know that's right and i think she accepted everything but then i think she also found her own interests yeah and that could be Morgan Wade's career. It could be getting tattoos. It could be both. It Doing could be... extra production Yeah. Projects. Oh, and I also want to say I 100% believe that she never went on Ozempic. I want to say I believe that because um, not drinking, yeah. which I have done, dabbled in it. Sober curiosity. Okay. Yeah. I lost like six pounds without trying. Drinking? People don't realize how many calories are in alcohol. I like got on the scale after like being really good for two weeks. And I was like, this scale can't, I was like, literally this scale can't be right. Drinking is a lot of calories. And I talked to some friends and I'm like, I definitely think that she just slimmed down from the not drinking. And so that would be annoying. And and I, I mean, that in combination with, you know, now you're working out for the first time in your life, like those are really big lifestyle changes. And that was another thing that like was very jarring to me when I first came into the group of ladies. I was like, why is everyone like fit shaming and sober shaming her? Like these are, she's going through a lot. And like with her, you know, her friend, she's passing away. And I'm like, she's doing healthy things to like, you know, um, to deal with the things that are happening yeah. in her life. I'm like, we should be applauding her. Why are we like, why are we making fun of that? Or why are we, 
you know, hating on her I for that. I feel like, you know, even when I'm drinking and someone's like, I'm not drinking, I'm always like, good for you. Yeah. Like, good for you. Go for it. Yeah. I think when people don't like it or try to find another reason for it, it's like, it's because they probably are thinking themselves, I should probably cut back. And they don't, yeah, yeah. 100%. So they want their, like, buddy, or they, yeah. they're thinking, I should go to the gym more, or whatever. Yeah, and so they're just trying, like, what's going on? I don't think she's even had a midlife crisis. I think she's had an awakening about what she wants in her life, whatever that might be. And if yeah. that means redefining her relationship with Mo and they're able to get back together. Yeah. Like, I I could see them getting back together, like, especially when grandchildren children come into play or whatever. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good I don't call. think they want to sell their properties. I don't think they want to no. split up their business that the other no. daughters are part of. So I think they're just like, the only way we can do this without it getting messy and disgustingly ugly is yeah. tell the world yeah. that we are, in fact, going to date other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's logical. If yeah. that is what it is, it, it is very logical. And right? so many people do it and keep it a secret. And so many people have done it for hundreds of years throughout yeah. history in all different cultures yeah and you didn't know that that was going on That's in your neighbor's right. house and i mean you also have to remember like this wouldn't it wouldn't if they are doing that or going that route it wouldn't be simple like these are yeah. high net worth people that's it's very complicated well i am really glad that i got to know more about you Me um <laughs> i feel badly that i hope you come back yeah, I mean, and I hope that we get to see a more fun side of you with no esophagus oh my gosh. ever, and Ugh. and kind of get to see a little more play with your husband. We didn't yeah. really get to see the husbands hang out. No, and I do, you know, hopefully, you, you know, whatever happens, and who knows, who knows what's going to happen with these other. But I like when the husbands would get together. And I don't, I definitely don't. I think we saw your husband very little, but yes. I get how they have to edit the show. Yeah. So. If um, you decide to come back and everything, what are you like? How are you hoping to balance the, this new public life? Are you still going to work? Oh, absolutely. As a professional. Yeah. Oh, it's very important to me to always maintain my independence. And I'm like, I went to school for a very long time to, you know, achieve those degrees and those licenses. So I would. Yeah, I, I'll always work. I always will. It's, you know. Um, and I I want to be a role model for my children and for other young kids and young girls to be like, even when you have all these things in your life, it's still important to maintain your identity and something that you worked for. And, you know, I just want people to see like the fun side of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I love people. I love having a good time. Like, I'm doing this to have a good time. Like, I'm yes. doing this because this is supposed to be fun. So I want people to see like that light and silly part of me. I love having parties. I love hanging out with people. Um, I love working out. I love drinking, you know, and my family is hysterical. Like I want people to actually, you know, you only saw yeah. one scene of me at home with my family. Like I want people to see and, my lifestyle and the dynamic and all the things that we do. And with all the social media and people like where were you seeing most of the comments and stuff? They would DM you or like where would you see the kind of mean stuff that people would write? Oh, they would just put it all over my page. They would send it to me. They yeah. would tag me. They would whatever. And so now I, my social media team does it because I'm, you know, I, I just don't even have time for that anymore. And it's so like you so early on, you were like, I just can't bring I can't I have to stop myself from looking at this stuff. Yes. And I was always I think that told is that. so important. <clears throat> I was always told that. But this is this is the part where it gets hard for me mm -hmm. because I pride myself 
on being such a good person intentionally. Yes. Like I'm literally the person, like my friends are like, you're the person that makes everyone feel seen. And I do that intentionally because right. I like to make people feel good, right? So for people to not see who I really am as a person and only see one side and all you see me doing is talking about sense esophagus, <laughs> that's why it's like, where am I? Like, where is, where am I? You know? And so I want people to actually see me and I'm totally fine. If people see me and they get a, you know, a depiction of who I am and they're like, nope, I'm good. She's still not for me. That's fine. Was there a time in the beginning when you were getting the hate and all that stuff that it was like really affecting you and you had to be like, you know what? I have got to put the blinders on now because I can imagine it, it, you know, when it all comes that quickly and in that volume, like for me, yeah. it's like slowly grown. Yeah. And even for me, I've gotten to a place where I finally was like, don't send me stuff and I don't want to look at this anymore, you know? Yeah. But for so long, I was like, and I always felt like, well, you know, you're wrong. Yeah. Like I'd see something. No, you're wrong. That's not true. That's not what I meant. Yeah. And then at a certain point, you just have to be like. I think that's where I kind of am now. Because yeah. it's like I, people are going to love you and then hate you and then love you again or vice versa, right? right. Like you're never going to be able to please everyone. Um, but I, and I'm fine if it's like, oh my gosh, look at her dress or like, oh, look what she's doing or something like that. Something silly like that. I don't mind. It's when it becomes something that's very serious, like right. something that is like, has racial undertones or something that has, you know, that is speaking about my profession, which as we all know, is something that I take very seriously. When it becomes like serious things, that's when it actually bothers me. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's, you know, if someone's attacking you for being a, a comedian, you're like, well, but this is my job, right? Right. Like it's kind of, it's kind of something that can be taken a little bit more seriously, I think. Yeah. So, but I mean, it is a learning curve, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no handbook on how to be a housewife and all the things that are going to come at you. Like this is a whole different level of everything, you yeah. know? And again, going from someone who was very private before to now you like being in, you know, this public position in the spotlight, you know, it's, but, it's, but, but you, like you said, um, you have a great platform, mm-hmm. and so you do. You, so you want to do more with this. Absolutely. Like take this, take this opportunity and do whatever. Do you know what else you'd want to do besides appear on the show? I have lots of ideas. Oh, good. Yeah, lots of things in the works. So well, good. Well, yeah. tell me where they can follow you and everything. Um, Anna Marie Wiley is my Instagram handle. Same for Facebook, um, Threads, X all under Anna Marie Wiley. Um, And also I want to take a second to plug our foundation. My husband and I have a foundation called Project Transition uh, where we work with communities and individuals in order for people to, um, you know, find their inner power, not let their circumstances become their excuse for being the greatest version of themselves. So we partner with a lot of um, at-risk communities and um, um, we do great work in the community. So, Oh, I love that. Yep. That's so important. ProjectTransition.org. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.